Good evening, TDN listeners, and welcome to this week's interview on TDNRadio.net. I'm your host, Anthony Drago. As usual, I appreciate that you take time to spend an hour or so with me on a Wednesday night uh, to listen to conversations that I have with these interesting guests that I have the privilege to, to, to speak with. To my regular listeners, I want to say welcome back. I, I appreciate you taking the time every week to spend an hour or so with me on this weekend interview. If tonight is the first time that you're listening to this weekend interview, welcome. And my objective is to make you a regular listener. I hope you like what you hear sufficiently that you will come back. My guest tonight on this weekend interview is Dr. Simone Matthew. Dr. Simone is originally from Dominica and she holds a doctorate degree in leadership development and a master's degree from Columbia University in um, organization development psychology. Not only is she well qualified, but she's also the newest member of the TDN family. She has her own program on a Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. called Untapped Potential. And the, la the last two Wednesdays um, were her first two Wednesdays on her show. And she did a she's done a brilliant job um, dealing with uh, goal setting and and having really interesting guests. I think I think it's a show uh, that you should listen to. I highly recommend it. The shows that you miss, I would suggest that you can go to tdnradio.net on the podcast, and you can find the first two shows of Untapped Potential there. Uh, so, I'm not going to take a lot of time. I, I am just going to welcome our listeners in Dominica who are listening via our one of our partner stations, RVR Jams. RVR Jams uh, carries some of TDN radio programming, including this week in interview, and he does so on um, DigiPlay. Digiplay Channel 59, you can find RVR Jams and you can listen to this week in interview, interview there. So let's not take much more ado. I'm going to welcome Dr. Simone, Simone Matthew to this week in interview. And um, are we in for a really good treat? I'm very, very, very excited about this upcoming conversation. Dr. Turret. Oh, hi. Nice to meet you. You don't remember me, do you? I don't make these arrangements, Dr. Turret. We're here together. Let's make the best of it. Yes. Mrs. Hendricks? She collapsed and they took her to the hospital. Okay. This could be called trying to make things right for you. It's just a road you have to travel. Can I help you? I am Mr. Penny. I am Ryan's father. It's a monster, bro. I wanted to tell you. Don't touch me. Don't touch me, you son of a bitch. I poured my heart out to you and you knew what I was feeling. You knew I wanted to reconnect, but you, you stood there and you pretended and you lied. Oh my God. Are you okay? Yeah. I really wanted to tell you.
All right, TDN listeners, um, welcome back. Thanks for staying with me through the break. Uh, as I told you before the break, my guest tonight on this week in interview is Dr. Simone Matthew. And Simone is from Dominica, and she is not only my guest tonight, she is the newest uh, member of the TDN family. Simone has uh, a talk show uh, on TDN radio at three at 5 30 p.m on a tuesday 5 30 p.m to 6 30 p.m on tuesday she's done two of them so far and if you miss those shows i i encourage you to go to tdnradio.net go to the podcast and listen to those shows because those were powerful shows and she really set a good foundation as to what the show is about and and i think it's beneficial that uh, to go back and and listen to those to those shows so Simon, Dr. Simon Matthew, I'm going, I'm going to take privilege and call you Simon since you're family for the interview. Welcome to this weekend interview. It's a pleasure to have you. Oh, it's wonderful to be with you, Anthony. Thank you for having me. Yeah, the honor is mine. I, I listened to your, your, your inaugural show on TDN Radio, and I'm thinking that we're so lucky to have you because uh, you, you come with so much experience and so much knowledge. And, and, you know, innate knowledge, not just, not just um, knowledge from, from being in school, but innate knowledge. And that comes across really well um, in, the, in the program. So uh, let's talk about the, the, the program. It's called Untapped Potential. Yeah. And I, I'm sure that's a name that you came up with after much thought. And, and that in probably informs and the nature of, of the show. So I'm going to let you talk about, inform listeners about this brand new show that's on TDN Radio. Sure. So thank you for the warm accolades. And um, yes, it is a brand new show here on TDN Radio. And the idea is so many of us have uh, plans and goals and aspirations that are simply sitting on the shelves. You know, some of us, I personally don't, but some of us make New Year's resolutions. And it seems like by the end of January, we have forgotten those resolutions. So once I was given the opportunity to produce and host this radio show, I thought, why not focus on goal setting? Why not focus on achieving those dreams that we have always had for ourselves? So I want it to be a very practical show. I want to be able to share information that listeners can use immediately. And if you notice from the first episode, we talked about um, goal writing and how to write smart goals. And of course, you know, your listeners can go ahead and listen to the podcast to see exactly how we address this. And then yesterday on the show that I did um, last night at 5.30, we talked about what are the next steps. So I want it to be that we're on a journey together and we're going to build on the information every week so that our listeners can take away very practical information that they can apply to their lives. At some point, I'll also be talking about the role of stress management, the role of just overall health, because I think that as well impacts our ability to be um, to self-develop. And that's really what the show is about, self-development, goal setting, and reaching your goals. So that's exactly what I was going to ask you. Um, if you had to boil down the whole purpose and reason for the show, 
um, what would it be? Uh, you said self-development, but if you want to expand on that answer a little bit. Um. Yeah, certainly. So, so self-development. And, you know, I think that education and learning is not a one-way street. So I'm not just looking to be, you know, an expert telling people what to do. I want to learn as well from what other people are doing to be successful in that arena, because I too have goals and I too have aspirations. And for example, the next topic we will be discussing um, next week is an area that I really struggle with, which is building relationships, social media, and everything else it takes to be able to move your career um, forward. And, you know, I'm naturally a very introverted person. You know, I could really? spend, I could spend, <laughs> you, you wouldn't know, right? You never tell, right? <laughs> I could spend hours just simply being lost in my own thoughts, in my own head. And for me, it is not a natural thing to be able to reach out to people and to build relationships. So the expert I will have on next week, his name is Kevin Webb. He's the CEO and founder of a company. He is wonderful at building relationships and networking. So I brought him on so he can inform our listeners on that process. But as well, I want to learn as well um, how I go about being better at building relationships. Yeah, uh, you say you're still aspiring. And, and when I was doing the research uh, to, to be able to, to talk to you, I was, I was wowed because you have accomplished so much. And, and so it's, it's interesting to hear you say that, that even if you've gotten so far, it's still a journey and you are Absolutely. still along that journey. So there are still milestones to achieve and goals to, to, to get. So your show is about self-development. So is it that you, you're going to be dissecting the different aspects of self-development and then treating them um, individually? And well, just, just, just to go back one step in terms of what you just mentioned that I have accomplished a lot. You know, my philosophy is as long as we're here on the earth, we should be growing and learning. I don't think we were ever meant to be put here to be stagnant. And you know, every time I think about it, that song of Tasha P comes back to my mind, treadmill. treadmill. <laughs> Your legs are moving, <laughs> but you're at a standstill. Right. So I think a lot of times we get caught up in the day-to-day -day activities of life, which are important, taking care of our family and all that. But I think that innately, we were meant to grow, develop, and pass the information along. So in terms of self-development, that is really what I'm looking at. I'm looking at what information with everything that I've learned over the last 20 years of being in psychology in some form or the other, what can I impact on somebody else's life? What can somebody else impact on my life? And how we can build a community of learners who are you know, growing, developing, and elevating ourselves. And that's important because you, you see a community of learners and, and we're all familiar with that, with that model of a community where our elders are appreciated because as young people we recognize that just by virtue of them having life experience, we can learn from them. And, and that's one of the things I got from your show from yesterday that both you and your guests were highlighting the role of, of, of learning from, from others, learning from people who have been ahead of us, 
learn from people who have taken a different route from us mm -hmm. and, and just trying to consolidate that into our lives. In the, um, so, so talk about the, 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 the importance of having a mindset that is more geared towards learning than, than teaching or, or showing somebody what you can do, or even if it's a two-way two -way street. Yeah, so, so you know, um, psychology is pretty much um, what we've learned and how it affects our behavior. And in my mind, we are all psychology, right? Your thoughts told you to wake up this morning. Your thoughts told you whatever you needed to do today to be productive. So our thoughts really drive everything that we do and who we are. But I think many of us don't realize the amount of control we have over our thoughts. So for example, in, in my book, Push Past 10, I talk about mind grips, right? So if, for example, you're not motivated to do something, merely changing the thoughts that are going on in your mind. So for example, right, you're on the health track, you're trying to lose weight, you're trying to stay focused, you get a craving in the middle of the night. I'll just give you that example right? You have two choices. You can think to yourself, I'm going to give in to the craving and be done with it. Or you can grab on to another thought and tell yourself, you know, I've worked so hard all day to stay on track. If, um, you know, there's an outfit you're trying to fit into, you can take a look at the outfit and say, you know what, I'm going to grab on to another thought so that I change the thought that is currently in my mind. And you will be amazed how it will distract you from the temptation that you're experiencing and have you hold on to a new thought. So I think that we're all psychology and I just want us to be a little bit more in touch with the thoughts that are going through our mind and how much control we have in terms of changing those thoughts in a positive direction. So let me, let me stay on that a little bit because so I, I haven't mentioned it to listeners, but uh, Dr. Simone has a master's degree from Columbia University in organization development psychology. And you also have your PhD in leadership development. And, and so uh, from what you just said a while ago, uh, you seem to be equating psychology with thoughts or maybe the study of thoughts and behavior as, as experts in that area you want to expound on that a little bit yes yeah, so thoughts and behavior so it's the study of how our mental functioning affects our behavior because you notice that the mental functioning comes before the behavior so if we want to change a particular behavior we have to first change our mindset. And I think for a lot of people, one of their goals is to, you know, lose weight or live a healthier lifestyle, like I like to say. And they don't realize that unless you address what is causing you, the thoughts that are causing you to not be consistent, then you're pretty much doomed for failure. And that's what I realized why the name of the book is actually called Push Past 10, because I realized that the first 10 minutes of working out was excruciating. I mean, I would go on a run and within those first 10 minutes, my body was screaming, stop, go home, get back on the couch, watch TV. And then I noticed that once I got to that 10 minute mark, 
my thoughts started changing. I started letting go of those thoughts and I started just using what they call cadence counting, one, two, three, four counting, and having music in my ears completely distracted me. So that's why I realized that 10 minutes is so crucial and then come to realize that it applies to just about anything else you're trying to accomplish. If you can push through the first 10 minutes, you will be amazed as to how far you can go. So there you have it again. It comes back to what's going on in your mind. So, so you, you, there's, this, there's this book that I read some time ago that says, As a Man Thinketh. Uh, summarizing, for example, it says that we are the sum of all of our thoughts. Absolutely. Or some people say we're the sum of all the decisions that we've made up to this point. But, but, but you're saying that everything starts with a thought. Yes, everything yes. is created in a thought yes. initially and then we manifest it um, in reality. That, that, is, that is fascinating. And, and I think that more people can understand that uh, is that people will understand how much control mm -hmm. that they can have over their current circumstances. Absolutely. Uh, so so is, that, is that a main objective of your, of your show, Untapped Potential? To, yes, to certainly. Certainly. It is the main objective of the show. The main objective of the show is to show people that your thoughts, you're not married to your thoughts. You're not married to your thoughts. Your thoughts are pliable. You can change them. You can decide, you know what? This is not the thought I need to be having right now. And you can change them to a positive thought. I'll give you another typical example, which doesn't relate to the book at all. Um, for many years, I would wake up. And if I did not have a full night's rest, I would be so grouchy. I would spend the whole day mopping around. Oh, I did not sleep last night. I did not sleep last night. And then what was happening is that it was impacting my whole family, right? So I was grouchy in a bad mood because I had not slept well the night before. And then maybe about six months ago, I started thinking to myself, well, that's kind of silly. You haven't slept well. That's in the past, if you think about it. So now you're going to let that thought ruin your entire day. So now what I do when I have not have a good night's rest, I said, well, okay, well, I'm still going to have a great day. So just simply changing my thought process, even in a simple example like that, completely changed my entire day. And I think if we use methods like this, it can change not just a day, not just a week, not just a month. It can change our whole life. You said six months ago. Yes. So I'm still learning. And yeah, 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 I'm thinking that you had this together at least for the last 10 years. And that's a mistake a lot of people make. They assume that other people have figured it out. Mm -hmm. They don't realize that whether you're successful or not, you're still figuring it out. You still have flaws, you still have faults, you still have things that you're working on. And that's why, you know, I mentioned to you before that the premise of the show is not me being the sage on the stage like you know the popular adage go but rather being part of a community of people who are looking to learn from each other in terms of how can i better improve my life so so every day we get to start a new day absolutely absolutely and, and that 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 is very that is very positive you've mentioned your book a couple of times uh, your the name of your book and and listeners if you join me a little late, uh, my guest tonight on this week's interview is Dr. Simone Matthew, and she is 
uh, a psychologist, uh, uh, to, to keep it simple. She's a lot more stuff, but I'll distill it down into that she's a psychologist who is very interested in, in development, personal development and personal growth. And, and she, she has brought her, her experience and her passion to us to share it with us. And we're very appreciative of that. Simone uh, has a show on TDN Radio at 5.30 every Tuesday. And of course, you can go to her Facebook page on Push Past 10. Push Past 10. Uh, she has a Facebook page. And I know the website is on the development. But I encourage you, buy the book, but also tune in on Tuesday at 5.30 on TDN Radio. And then you miss it. Or even, if you, even if you listen to the show, you can go back and check out the podcast because there is so much that she shares in one hour. It's almost impossible to get everything to this fullest. So I encourage you to go, go there and listen to the podcast. But, uh, Simon, let's talk about your book, Push Past 10. Uh, you said you wrote that the, 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 the name comes from the fact that you realize if we want to achieve something that's a little difficult or a little we find unpleasant to do, we, we can trick our mind by committing to it for 10 minutes. And once we get to 10 minutes and we get into a flow, we almost cannot stop. When, when I heard the title, before I heard you describe it, I thought it was, uh, you know, like when you're lifting weights or when you're doing some exercises, you, usually your rep stops at 10, 8 or 10. And I thought, oh, okay. So she says, get, get squeezed one more out of it. <laughs> yes, it so, is certainly a play on words. It's a pun. That yes. was absolutely the intention for it to be a pun because it refers both to lifting weights, which I, you know, I enjoy doing, mm -hmm. as well as pushing past 10 mentally. So I'm happy you, you got that analogy. Yeah, so, uh, and, and I, think, I think it is, when you, it is so clear. There's so much clarity there. Uh, all, you know, it's difficult to commit yourself sometimes to go work out for an hour. You say, oh, well, I have to pick up the kids in a while. I, you know, my feet hurt. But who, who cannot do something for 10 minutes? And that's exactly the point, because I like how you, you stated it. Trick your mind. That's what I do. I trick my mind. So I say, you know what? I'm not going to do it for an hour. I'm just going to do it for 10 minutes. And then if, you're not, if you don't look at the, the watch every two seconds, then you realize that 10 minutes just turned into half an hour and turned into an hour. And that's actually how I also wrote the book. Because, you know, on the days where I was just not feeling like writing, I would trick my mind. I like your word. <laughs> I, would, I would trick my mind and I would say, well, you know, I'm just going to do it for 10 minutes. And then the 10 minutes became 30 minutes and became an hour. And I've actually been able to find the scientific research on this after I wrote the book, that there's actually scientific research that supports the idea that if you're able to do any activity for 10 minutes, it will provide you with momentum mm. to go further than 10 minutes. Momentum. Momentum yes, is the word momentum. That I with. Um, because I, I, I'm a science person, and so momentum is something that, um, that I then, when, when something is moving, it, it, it takes a force to stop it. Yeah. And, and Newton's law says that it will continue with constant momentum unless an external force stops it. Yes. So, so if, if you get that momentum, yes. it's easier 
to continue going than it is to stop. So you're a guy of science, so it's push, pushing past the inertia. Exactly, pushing past the inertia. You, you, I, so I totally, I, totally identify, I totally identify with that. So uh, folks, I encourage you to get the book. It, it is very clearly written. Um, it is written in words that I can understand and anybody else can understand. And it is written in a practical way where you can actually implement the ideas in there right away. And, and that's something that I notice about, about you, Simone, is that when I listen to your program, when I go on your Facebook page, when I, when I read the book, you seem to be big on breaking things down where somebody doesn't have to read the theory and then try to figure out how to apply it. You give it to them completely. Yeah. This, this is the theory. This is the practical thing. And this is what you can do right now to get yourself on, on the way there. Right, because I'm always thinking that this is a conversation. So I'm having a conversation with somebody who's reading the book. It's only about 57, I think, pages long. So it's a very tiny book. It, you know, when I finished it, my husband actually asked me if this qualifies as a book. <laughs> it does. It totally does. I, I felt a little insulted because he said, um, this 57 pages qualify as a book. And I said, yes, it does qualify as a book. So I wanted to keep it right to the point. I didn't want to include any theory, any fluff. I just wanted it to be what I know has worked for me for the last 15 years of being um, in the fitness space and what I thought other people would be able to use immediately. No, it, it is absolutely a book. Um, what I would say to that question is, you know, essence. Essence come, and perfume comes in very small bottles. Amen. Because, because they're so powerful. All you, need right. is, all you need is a drop. Absolutely. And, and so that book has distilled all of all of your your knowledge and your research and and it's a skill it's actually a gift to be able to distill it down into what some people might consider a small book so here you are listeners think of it as a book that you can read in 10 minutes not really but maybe three or four 10 minutes right and i guarantee you once you start reading it you're going to get a lot of benefit from it so, so when I, when I introduced you to, to the audience in terms of who my guest was going to be, I told them, uh, I reminded them that we're in June. June is midway mark of the year. And, and, and you're not big on, on New Year's resolution. I am big on New Year's resolution. Because um, I, 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 I believe that at certain points in time, we have to stop and take stock and cast our minds forward and assess what happened behind. And I find the structure of a year is a good time to do that. So from, from that point of view, I am, I am huge on setting goals um, for at, in the beginning of the year, because then you, you can, it's easier to put a measure when you, you're going to assess your performance. And so I reminded all those folks that try to forget that in January, they made all these promises. And most importantly, they made those promises to themselves, which is some of the most important promises you should keep. You should keep your promises to yourself. And here we are in June. So the timing of having you here is perfect, right? Right. So talk to those um, New Year's resolution people who got caught up in COVID or whatever else is going on in their lives and therefore 
they slip a little bit on the aspirations that they set for themselves in January? How, how can they regain that? Yeah, so what I would say to that is the reason I'm not a huge fan of New Year's resolution is that it puts too much pressure on the new year. So I think a lot of people jump in and, you know, it's a new year, they feel pumped and they're ready to go. And then what happens is by the end of January, it's the whole thing has fallen flat. So I say you should be assessing your goals and your personal development on a monthly basis, right? I just recently posted something on Twitter where it says, success is incremental. What are you doing today that will ensure that you're, you're being successful? So for me, it's really more about assessing where you are, if not on a daily basis, at least on a monthly basis, looking at that particular goal that you made for yourself, whether it was a New Year's resolution or whether it's something that you've had on your mind for a very long time, and just taking stock of where you are and why you have not been able to move forward. And yes, we have COVID and we have riots in America and we have hurricanes in the Caribbean, but guess what? There's always something going on. There is always going some, there's never going to be a perfect time to say, okay, now I have all the time in the world to work on my goals. I don't have the time now because I have to homeschool my kids. There's always going to be something standing in the way if, we allow it to. So, so that's why during the show, I always say thank you for taking one hour of a mental break to push everything out of the way and focus on you. Because for me, it's about self-fulfillment, right? I think that we feel our best, we are the most proud of ourselves when we know what, that we're accomplishing something just for us. And, and that's one of my reasons that I go to the gym all the time, because I feel like I give 90% of who I am to my family. I have to reserve 10% for me, because when I reserve that 10% to work on my goals, to work on my self-development, it makes me a better person to be able to nurture my family. So I think once we have self-development, we're, we're being fulfilled, it makes us happier people. I can attest to it. I'm not sure if you can. <laughs> no, certainly. I, because uh, like from your book, you, you know, you, you, you explain how everybody, we are, we, are, we, are, we are beings that are designed to aspire. Absolutely. And therefore we feel satisfied as we, are, as we feel like we are achieving uh, what we aspire to. So, so you, you, you're saying that a monthly assessment of where somebody is towards the achievement of their objective is, mm -hmm. is key. Absolutely. Actually achieving that objective. Right. Is there any other um, major um, pointer? I, I think, I think um, it depends on what you're working on. Mm -hmm. Because, for example, with um, weight loss, I think a monthly assessment would be a good idea because I think a lot of times people get stuck with the scale right? and they feel completely defeated if they're not losing weight. So I say, ditch the scale. You don't need a scale. Try your clothing on. If your clothing, if every month you have a particular outfit that you knew would fit you well at your ideal weight, 
then try that on. Because if you're able to fit into that particular clothing, then you're clearly losing weight and you're not getting stuck on a number on the scale. So I really think it depends on the individual and what you're working on. If, for example, you're working on a business, you've decided that you want to go into business for yourself, then you know a weekly assessment might be more appropriate because you want to know, well, have you attracted new clientele? Have you grown your social media following? So I think it depends on the particular goal that you're working on. So the most important thing is to take stock. Absolutely. Okay, and then and then in, in your book you also spoke about uh, which I mentioned in in the um, in my intro to you was that folks need to go back and revisit the reason the purpose behind why they set a goal in the first place. How important? How critical? Oh, oh that is that is so important because I think what happens is we use things to distract us and to deflect what we should be working on. So for example, you know, we might say, well, look at this celebrity. Oh, she lost the weight so quickly after having the baby because she didn't have a choice because, you know, she's in Hollywood and she has to, to fit a certain criteria. And that's just a distraction. That's a distraction. She's clearly found her why. W H Y for losing the weight. Mm -hmm. So, so let's not focus on other people. Let's not compare ourselves to other people, which I, I find is one of the greatest reasons that many of us fail because we're so busy comparing ourselves. Oh, this person is so much younger than me. Look at how um, successful they are. Why can't I be there? So I think it's, a, it's very important to know what your personal why is. And for me, what it boiled down to is yes, I had gained success academically, Yes, I had gained success professionally, but I just felt if I did not have control over my physical health, then something was always lacking. There was always this unbalance for me where the success in the other areas were good, but if I did not have the success in terms of a healthy lifestyle, then something was always missing. So it's important to find your why. And it cannot be because my husband wants me to lose weight, because my, my kids want me to have my own business, because my boss wants me to go back to school. It has to come from within you because that is the only true driver, the, the only true driver of, of your efforts. If it does not come from within you, then it's not going to be as effective. Awesome. So listeners, uh, let me just let you know, if, uh, my guest tonight on this week in interview is Dr. Simone Matthew. Dr. Simone has uh, a master's degree in organization, uh, or, development. <laughs> organization development psychology. Um, just, just saying it, uh, it, it sounds like it's a lot of studying and, and hard work. And she also has a, uh, a doctoral degree, a PhD in um, leadership development. And so I, I, I took the liberty and, 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 and distilled it down to say that she's a psychologist, a psychologist who is well studied on human behavior, on motivation of us as individuals. And I guess if organization is, is in there, then it's also as, as a team, as a group, as a community. And, and she's my guest tonight on This Week in Interview. But on a Tuesday afternoon, 
she is the one in my seat. She is, she is a, a new addition to the TDN Radio family. She has a show at 5.30 every Tuesday on tdnradio.net. She's also the author of the book, Push Past 10. And that is another reason why she's here with us, because you, you know that since we have been locked in, I have been pushing reading as, as a distraction because we have different ways of dealing with our stress. But when we're stuck at home, our options are limited. And so one of the ways that we can relieve that is, is to read. And I've brought you authors of children's book. I've brought you authors with fantasy stuff. I've brought you authors with health stuff, with Alzheimer's and those other things. And I really think uh, as she made, as, as Simone made the point before the break, that we have in all of that, we have to do things for ourselves. Because if we don't develop ourselves, we cannot be there for the other people in our lives. And it's very timely that she's here and, and she's talking, we're talking about her book, Push Past 10. You can, you can get her on Facebook by a Facebook page is that name, Push Past 10. I encourage you to, to get the book. I, I got mine on Amazon. Uh, Simon, are there other um, venues or is primarily on Amazon? Primarily Amazon. And just a quick note, it's Push Past the number 10. Right. If yes, it, yeah. it's push very past important, the because, number yeah, 10. When I was going to search for it, I did, but I guessed it right the first time. So, <laughs> But I, I expected it to be that because Everything I see about you is very practical. Um, the, the knowledge that you share is very practical. And so I said, it has to be the number 10 <laughs> instead of 10 written out. That, that <laughs> so I, I want to backtrack a little, a little bit uh, because we, we see you, you look, you look extremely young and you've accomplished quite a bit. So, just so we have some young listeners or we have some parents with some young, younger kids, uh, I want to talk about you uh, a, a bit and talk about your beginnings and your, your progress from, from where your, your initial start was. I know you're from Dominica um, up to where we are right now. Yeah, so certainly. So, uh, you know, I was born and raised in Dominica. I spent my first 21 years in Dominica. And the way I like to think about growing up in Dominica is I lived kind of a parallel life, right? So unfortunately, my father was actually an alcoholic. And we're not speaking about somebody who would drink socially or who was a functional drunk. You know, there are some people, they drink alcohol, but they're still able to function. My father was the fall down in the gutter drunk. So that was certainly very difficult for me. And I think what was even more tragic with having a father who was an alcoholic is the fact that he was a brilliant man, right? So he was originally from Bakers and he was actually one of the very first boys in his community to attend and graduate the St. Mary's Academy back in the 1940s, early 1950s. And not, what, not only was he musically talented, not only was he academically talented, but he was musically talented. Wow. This is a man who taught himself to play various instruments, including the guitar. 
and I am sure that you're familiar with Souffle Mutai, that yes. group from Dominica. The drumming that you hear in the music is my father. Oh, wow. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I whenever independent... I was one of their songs um, about a week ago. I, I right. shared it with my daughter. I said, do you know that song? She says, of course, I'm Dominican. I know it. Yes. So, so whenever you hear, you yeah. hear the drumming and some of the background vocals, that's actually my father. But unfortunately, alcohol devastated his life. Wow. And he only lived to be 57. So he died at a very young age because mm -hmm. he was an alcoholic for 30 years. Wow. So on one hand, I had a, the dysfunction of having a father who was an alcoholic. But then on the other hand, I had a mother who was extremely strict, extremely religious. And that caused me to be a very disciplined person. As a matter of fact, my mom was so religious that we went to church on Sunday twice. <laughs> wow. <laughs> because she sang in the choir and she's listening right now, so I'm sure she's chuckling. She sang in the choir at the 7 a.m. mass. And of course, you know, um, religious education was after the 9 a.m. mass. So we had to go to the 7 a.m. mass. We would bring our breakfast with us and wait until the 9 a.m. mass to go to Sunday school after. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I grew up in this dichotomy of a father who was an alcoholic and a mother who had to work twice or three times as hard to ensure that we did not go down the wrong path. Mm -hmm. And what that did is I grew up with, it was me, my brother, and uh, five cousins, right? Because this is the time where, you know, you had a lot of relatives going off to Guadeloupe, to New York, to be able to help. So two of my mom's sisters, one went to Guadeloupe and one went to New York City, and they would send um, money and food and everything back for us. But in exchange, my mom raised their children. So it was my sibling, my brother, and five cousins. And you know, I was just fascinated at an early age because I'm looking at all seven of us and we all grew up in the exact same environment. And I was always fascinated with the fact that we all had different personalities. So I think that's what kind of sparked my interest in psychology right. because I'm thinking to myself, how are we not exactly the same personalities, right? So for example, I leaned towards education as an escape from what was going on. And then you had my brother who went towards being a comedian, being funny, getting people to laugh as his way of coping. So I think that kind of just um, brought my interest in psychology. And I always knew growing up in Dominica that if I ever had the opportunity to go to school and study overseas that I would study psychology. Right, so, so from young, and, and, and again, uh, for, for the young ones who are listening, or for those who have young ones, <clears throat> that, 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 that early definite, definiteness of purpose usually is, um, I, or you can tell me that's your experience, that usually foretells um, some level of success, at least in a professional um, setting, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. A lot of who we are stems from our childhood experiences. A lot of who we are stems from our childhood experiences. And, you know, I am eternally grateful to my mother 
because had it not been for her showing us a different way of life, showing us that, you know, this, this dysfunction of, you know, falling down drunk in the gutters and, you know, coming home from work with a dollar in his pocket because somebody had stolen his paycheck right from, you know, sitting in a, a rum shop somewhere. Had she not shown us a different way, who's to tell where I would be today? Right. So, so, so important that we, we have positive influences in our children's lives as they're growing up. And, and also, I mean, we, if you don't mind, I would stay on this a little bit because right now we may have some young person that's listening who is in a situation where something like that you can fall into yourself because you can be so ashamed mm -hmm. of your father's behavior that you shrink from every, every social um, circumstance or interaction. Or you can, you can develop a certain toughness that, okay, this is happening, but I still can go forward and live my life. You, so I, it comes back to what you said that if you have one thought, you need to recognize what that thought is. And if that thought is contributing to, to what you want to be, and if it's not, replace it with a different thought. Uh, as a psychologist, you, would you, I mean, I'm yeah, saying- Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, the interesting thing about it is not, you're not only fighting your thoughts, but you're also fighting the negative thoughts of other people around you. Right. Because, you know, I mentioned wanting to go to school. So by the time I was in Sifukol, well, uh, Dominica State College, it's called mm -hmm. now, I had started sending out for applications to be able to go to um, universities out of Dominica. And one of my cousins, I can't believe this actually happened, but one of my cousins who lived with me at the time, she looked at me and said, Simone, why are you even trying to apply to colleges overseas? Because you know there's an exchange rate in the dollar value, which is a lot higher if you go to America or Canada. Right. Mm -hmm. She said, how do you plan on paying to go to college with your father's rum bottles? Wow. This is what she said to me, my cousin. And to this day, it's imprinted in my mind. Because here I am trying to stay positive, trying to work towards a better future, and then to have someone like this, who's supposed to be very close to me, say something like that to me, I would have just, you know, shriveled up. But I knew that I had a purpose. I knew that there was something that I had to do. So I stayed focused. And then just wanted a quick another quick example of the impact we can have on the lives of children. I went to the St. Martin's um, school in Dominica for mm -hmm. primary school. Right. And I got, you know, there's a, a, a level you get either a pass, a bursary, or a scholarship to be able to go on to high school. Right. I only got a pass, right? Because I don't think I am naturally smart. I just think I'm a hard worker. And my teacher at the time, I won't name her, I'm standing right here as an 11-year-old child, and she's speaking to my mom, and my mom is telling her that she wants me to go to the convent high school, which, you know, is the, the elite um, girls' school on the island. And she's looking at my mom with me standing there, and she's telling my mom, no, don't send her to convent. She's not smart enough. Oh, wow. She is saying this to my mom with me standing right there. And to this day, Anthony, I can remember exactly where we were standing, exactly what I was wearing, because it was such a profound experience to have a teacher who's supposed to be supportive say to my mom in front of me that I am not good enough to be able to go 
to a prestigious school. So I think for me, what that kind of um, highlights is again, you can use those sort of experiences to dwindle, to shy away, to become timid, or you can use them as fighting words. You can use them and say, you know what, I'm gonna show you. I'm gonna show you that I'm smart enough to not only attend convent high school, but to place top three in every class that I've attended at convent high school. And I'm gonna be strong enough to show you that I don't need my father's rum bottles. I'm gonna figure out a way to go to college. So I think that it's a choice. It's a choice. Do you hang on to negative words and let them paralyze you? Or do you use them as fighting words? and allow them to strengthen you and propel you forward. I'm so happy that you I'm so happy that you're sharing those experiences because we we're never um, at a stage where we cannot benefit from those type of experiences. Mm -hmm. Because as you said, there's there's there are two choices. Something happens and we can choose to react where we shrivel up or we can choose to be bold and say, okay, so what? I'm going, mm -hmm. This is what I want anyway. And not only that, to use it as a fuel, uh, because I'm sure maybe every, every term end where you're at convent, you're wishing that you could show that teacher your report card so, oh, that, absolutely. She, so that she could eat those words. So, mm -hmm. so it became like a motivation. So, so you, you were born in Vicar, as you said, or just your parents? No, my dad. My dad is from Vicar. I was born in Rosa. You were born in Rosa. You went to St. Martin's School, and then you went to the Convent High School, and then you went to the Sixth Form College. Mm -hmm. And Sixth Form College is, is extremely tough. Um, and then you came to, to the U.S. Is that, is that how it progressed? Yes. Uh -huh. And then I went to um, Texas, Midwestern State University. Okay. You went to Midwestern mm -hmm. State. And, and you ended up at Columbia. Yes, I did. Yeah, I believe. <laughs> I really guess. Uh -huh. And that, that takes an inordinate amount of um, hard work. A lot, a lot of hard work. And, then, and right now, you are at, at a PhD. Would you say that you are at the end of your education um, road? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I think for me, I enjoy learning. So for example, um, even if it's not in a formal setting, so for example, when um, Sam calls me to invite me to have the show on TDN radio, the first thought in my mind was, is he crazy? <laughs> what, do, what do I know about being a broadcaster? I've spent my whole life in psychology. But then after about five minutes of him speaking with me, I thought to myself, you know what, the most important skill you can have, I think, as a human being is wanting to learn. If you open yourself to wanting to learn, it opens up so many opportunities to you. And, you know, once the initial shock <laughs> had left me, I thought to myself, challenge accepted, challenge accepted. So I immersed myself in learning everything about the app everything I could learn about being a, a broadcaster. And you know, <laughs> it's a work in progress. You've listened to my shows. I'm not there yet, I'm still learning. So I think as long as I am open to learning something new, then my educational process will never be over. And, and I'm, I'm happy for that. 
Yeah, and, and if I can say so, I, I see improvement. Thank you. It's not that it was bad the first show, but it was obvious that it was your first show. Yes. And then yesterday it was a thousand times more comfortable. Thank you. So I'm working on it. I know, I know for sure um, your valuable contribution to the TDN audience is just going to, to increase uh, tremendously. So as I said, we're, we're very happy to have you on board and I, I I make the time to listen to the show. Well, the first week before I was like, well, let me hear what, because I've never spoken to you before. Let me hear mm -hmm. what, what, what your show is about. And um, I made sure I put it in my phone uh, so I wouldn't miss yesterday's show because what you talk about resonates with me because I am huge on goal setting and um, I am, huge on on manipulating my mind absolutely um, not with luckily not with chemicals mm -hmm. uh, but i'm huge on manipulating my mind in terms of thought and 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 i really like the way that you structure the show because you seem bent on convincing people that they have control of the circumstances mm -hmm. they have full control of their circumstances do you do you have any Say stories or, or or anything you want to tell us about your your education process because we, we make it look like it's so simple, you know. <laughs> you, you went to St. Martin's School, you went to convent, you went to sixth form, you came up, you went to Midwestern, then you end up in Ivy League. Now you have a, a doctorate, <laughs> you wrote a book, you know. And you well, I say, I say, I say, I um, say, Anthony, find your passion. Right. If you find your passion, you don't work a day in your life. Somebody famous actually said that. You could probably help me out with who actually said right. it. Because if you, if you find what your talent and what your passion is, you will never work a day in your life. So I'm not saying that going through you know, schooling wasn't a difficult journey, but I, also, I always had a love for learning. And I think, again, that goes back to my early influences with my mom. Because, you know, my mother was working three and four times harder because of who my father was. But she always made time on a Sunday afternoon to read. And that imprinted in my mind. She never told me, pick up a book and read, you know, Anthony. The fact of me seeing her doing all that reading, guess what it did for me? It made me love reading. Right. And once you love reading, you're going to love learning right so again it goes back to what are the early influences we are surrounding our children with right are we just see, having them see us on the phone on facebook um gossiping on the phone all the time or are we consciously ensuring that they're seeing what being a productive person is showing them a way of life that we want them to aspire to so, so for me, um, you know, if I could earn another degree, I would. <laughs> because, <laughs> because I do enjoy reading. And, and I'm hoping that um, from here, I will be able to write other books. Right. And again, for me, it's about a community. So if anybody has an idea of something that they think we should produce, for example, um, on Friday when we were on with, um, with Sam, we talked about the whole thing about Black Lives Matter. And that's a conversation and a production, I think, that we should have. And there is another opportunity to learn more 
about a specific topic. So it kind of goes back to a lot of what I said before, that as long as you're here, you should be learning, growing, developing, and then passing the information along to the next generation or to whoever else wants to, to, to listen. And I just also want to add that a lot of times we don't realize that we ourselves are our greatest resource. We all have life experiences. Right. We've all been on a journey. We all have some level of education, but somehow we kind of minimize what we've been able to accomplish. But if instead we embrace everything that we've been through, everything that we have accomplished, and we simply shift that and apply it to a new area that we're trying to accomplish, it will work. That's awesome. That's great. And, and you know, it, it's interesting that you, that you went to the, to the protest that's happening, the challenges that, that the Black community is facing in America and in the world. And one of my thoughts about what I see is that uh, the Black community seem not to be moving forward in terms of their objectives. Individually, we make strides. We had a black president. We've had a few industry leaders who are black. Uh, we access certain education institutions and so on. But as a people, when we look at what's happening now and we read our history books, our story books of what happened at the end of slavery, mm -hmm. we haven't. It has. It doesn't seem like we've made that much progress. Right. And, and one of the thoughts that I have is because maybe as a people, we have not set an objective mm -hmm. as to where we would like to be. And maybe that if we have, we haven't done it collectively, we maybe haven't written it down somewhere. Mm -hmm. So it's difficult to gauge whether we're moving along the path of attaining those goals and those objectives. Uh, so what I mean is that the reason why I think people can feel like they can just kill black people is, be, is because there are very little consequences. And there are little consequences because the black, black community is not powerful. We don't have the power, whether, whether politically or economically or in the court system. But as a people, we don't have, we don't have the power to insist on those consequences. Yeah, I certainly agree with you on that. And I think it starts with me and you in terms of building community and inviting others to build community. Because I have to tell you that we are very divided as a people, right? My husband went to medical school. And it's interesting that he, he, he told me a lot of times the Indian students who went to school with him, they all shared the same resources. Yeah. They all had past papers. They all had past exams. They had a system to getting them through medical school right. that he was, he was excluded from because he's not Indian, he's black, right. right? So these groups have created systems for themselves. I live in a very diverse neighborhood. I cannot tell you how many times you will see, well, before COVID-19, but you would see these cars and cars and cars. And when you look at the people coming out of the home, they are all Indian people because they have their own social network. They have their own economic power 
which is why you see a lot of Indian families owning motels. Exactly. They've figured out the system to propel them through success. Now, I'm not bashing the, the Indian or uh, uh, Asian races for having figured it out. I applaud them right. for having figured it out. But how can we, as Black people, create our own systems so that we empower each other so that we have the power to effect change. And like I mentioned on Sam's show on, on Friday, it's about getting to the polls. It's about knowing who's representing you. It's about voting. And it's about not just voting for someone because they look like you. It's about knowing their policies, knowing what they stand for, and then knowing if they represent our interests because everybody else is doing it. Everybody else is trying to get that person in office. Mm -hmm. who is going to represent their interests. So that is what we should, be, we should be fighting for. I know the protests and all that. It's important to show our outrage. But at the end of the day, the most important way to effect change is to ensure the right people are put in positions of power. Oh, very well said. Very, very well said. And, and, and that is one of, the, that's one of the things that it shows that even, like I live in Brooklyn, Mm -hmm. And my neighborhood, pretty much a Caribbean neighborhood. Right. And everybody who owns their home. Mm -hmm. oh, that means wow. everybody, everybody's paying taxes. Good. Right? On average. Because mm -hmm. we come up to America with this idea that we have to own our home. Right? Mm -hmm. But when you're a homeowner, you pay taxes. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't translate into who's on the school board and mm -hmm. who's on the council and who's on. It, 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 so, we send the money in in taxes, but we are not part of who decides how the resources get allocated. But, but, but how, can, how can we change that? So, so that's what I'm saying. So the, the way to change that is to encourage people to, to run for office, mm -hmm. encourage our neighbors and ourselves to go, to be part of the PTA, you know, to be, to be part of any other thing, organize neighborhood um, groups and get a little bit aware. The, the other aspect of it is that we don't own enough media mm -hmm. because we see how much media influences our thoughts and come back Absolutely. to psychology. Mm -hmm. The media encourages our thoughts. And so we have to make a deliberate effort to, to develop media that is friendly to our cause and therefore the information that our people absorb and thereby the thoughts that they think and the actions that they take will be more conducive to us. So the Absolutely. media part of it, I think, is also huge. And, and I think we are well on the way with uh, TDN Radio and, TD, and TDN TV and all that to the point where I hope that eventually we can speak along those lines and be able to have an effect that way. No, certainly. That, and, and that is why TDN has been around. Um, not, it's, not, it's, not, it's definitely not a money-making venture. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Recognize. And, and although, although we do have like a, a Dominical focus, and that's important because um, there's very little press and very little media in Dominica and, and in the Caribbean uh, at large, we also can, can, can duplicate or, or spread the effort to our, right. our extended um, communities in diaspora. So as, uh, once again, Having, having folks with your experience and your passion on board um, helps us 
along with the mission that we have. So I think I think we certainly have a lot of work to do, but I don't think it's a mission impossible. No, it's not. It's not. And as you said, it's not impossible. Mm -hmm. We have to develop a system where we understand and clarify what our goals are and how we are going to achieve it. And, so, and, I, and I also think that, I so also think. In organizational um, development psychology, I think we have the expert that's good. <laughs> thank you, thank you for the accolade. <laughs> and, and I also think that even within our communities, there's a certain level of distrust. I'm not sure where it stems from, if it stems from the whole, you know, house slave versus the field slave, but I get the sense that there is a certain level of distrust because even with you know my book and getting opportunities to present the information you know i was just so amazed at the pushback i was getting from other black women that i thought would have embraced the opportunity here's someone who has information of how we can live healthier lives how we can um, work on personal goals and i thought i would have been embraced but i was surprised that's of, of the pushback that I got where people seemed interested initially and then, you know, you send a text or you make a call and complete silence. Right. So I'm not sure where the distress stems from, but I think until we learn, and I guess part of it too is because we have such limited resources that we're afraid that this person is going to quote unquote take our success. Right. Because, because it is such a limited um, um, avenue for us, but until we get past not trusting each other to know that my success does not negate your success, then we have a lot of work to do. And it comes back to what you're saying, um, Simone, is that when we have one thought, we have to replace it with another mm -hmm. thought. And so we have to recognize that we shouldn't approach things with a thought of scarcity. We have to approach things with a, with a, with a thought of abundance. And um, I think that is the major difference culturally between Africans and Europeans because, because of the harsh conditions in Europe with winters and all of that, um, scarcity made them have certain thought patterns mm -hmm. that resulted in them conquering the world. Whereas in Africa, where it was probably a little easier um, that, 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 that thought of abundance, that mindset of abundance was predominant. And mm -hmm. so they were welcoming. And, and, and so we have to get back to that when you deal in, when we deal with each other, we have to approach it from a point of there's enough Absolutely. for all of us. What we have to focus on is making the pie bigger. So each of us can get a bigger slice and not that, well, there's one pie that can only share for three people. A fourth person is going to cut down the size of my pie. And, and, and that is the mindset that we have. And you seem to be of the same mindset as well. And, and, and we don't have to convince everybody to come along. We have to identify the folks who are already there and form collaboration alliances with them. Yeah, because, because you know, without without especially the economic power, unfortunately, we're going to see these um, outcomes repeated over and over again. Yeah. And, and the sad reality is it seems like the police officers always somehow get away with it. 
Yeah, because we have. So I'm waiting with bated breath to see what the outcome of this investigation is going to be. Yeah, you have the guy posing with his knee Absolutely. on a man's neck as if he was posing with some big game that he right. just shot. And I was so outraged, I felt compelled to post a Facebook Live this morning because I think it's, it's so compelling that, um, you know, it's good to be outraged, but what are the actions we're going to take when all this simmers down? That's the question exactly. we need to be thinking of. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So we, at the end of the hour, it flew by. I really enjoyed the conversation. It, 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 it even surpassed my, my own anticipation uh, because you, you, for one, you have you definitely have the technical knowledge and the training, but you've also lived it, so you, you found a way to bring it back down. So folks like me who haven't done that rigor in terms of studying the mind and thoughts and so on can understand what, what you say. Because a lot of times when, when people talk about mind and meditation or your thoughts or you can control your destiny or, or whatever. People eyes glaze over. They've heard it before. But, but you have a way of presenting it in a manner that's very engaging. And, and so I am encouraging all the listeners um, that you can get much more of Dr. Simone Matthew on a Tuesday afternoon at 5.30. She's just so full of wisdom uh, that you, you'll be doing yourself a disservice if you don't tune in and, um, and, and sharing that wisdom. And so, and so, Simone, I want to tell you, thank you so much for spending the hour with us. And I hope it's not the last time. I definitely will not be the last time because we scratch the surface on some, on some, on some items. So you, you, I'm looking forward to the next time. Yes, it was certainly a pleasure being with you. And I just want, as a final thought, to say that many times we tell our children, you know, you can be whatever you want to be. And it ends there. You can be whatever you want, to, but we don't give them the tools to actually go forward and um, manifest the outcome that we're hoping for them. So there again, you know, the psychology comes in. So I just want us to, as a final thought, just think of the lifestyles that we're living and what the impact is on those around us. And so just to extend a little bit, um, so when you talk about giving your kids tools, one of the greatest tools is, is, their, is their thinking, right? Absolutely. Their pattern of thinking. Absolutely. That's, that's one of the greatest tools. And always keep in mind that children live what they learn and they learn what they live. So you can speak from now till the cows come home about studying, studying, studying. But if they see you always just relaxing and not being productive, then what do you think they're going to gravitate towards? Exactly, because yes. you are you are the biggest influence in their Absolutely. life, especially when when they when they are small. Mm -hmm. So thank you, thank you so much for all of this that you shared with us. I, I thank you for your honesty and your candor. You exposed yourself to us and told us about your childhood. That's brave, um, and we appreciate that because it makes the message that you bring so much more profound. Listeners, I encourage you to to go to tdnradio.net and go to the podcast and, and listen to the past two shows from yesterday and from last week, Tuesday, and, and, and you will see there's so much benefit and, and the, the amount of effort that Simon puts into preparing for her show. It's obvious, the research and, and the guests and all of that, it's obvious that she's, 
she's taken the time to put the effort in and there's a lot there. It's, 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 it's very valuable, very dense. And so I encourage you to go there and look at it. And I encourage you to tune in on a Tuesday at 5.30 p.m. And of course, um, on Friday, we have um, FYL Fridays with Sam. I'll be back here next week, Wednesday at 8 p.m. for another show of this week in interview. But in the meantime, before that time, uh, on Tuesday, uh, Dr. Simone Matthew will be with you on TDN Radio at 5.30. So listen in, and I look forward to seeing you then. Simone, thank you so much, and have a great week. You too. Thank you. We'll talk soon. All right. Thank you. Uh -huh. Bye-bye. <laughs>